Hey guys, before we get started with this episode, please go check out our official partner, Spotlight Sports. They help athletes focus on their craft by assisting them with the social media aspect, and they can also create high-quality highlight videos for athletes who are up and coming. For more information, check out SpotlightSports.ca, give them a follow on Instagram at Spotlight Sports, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotlight Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Side Cultural Podcast. Uh, today it'll only be myself and Danny because uh, Francesco, uh, he fell asleep again, <laughs> and uh, Joe had to go out, so it's just us two today. We're going to recap what went on with the national team. Obviously, two amazing performances. Uh, and also, the under-21 had a great game against Armenia. And we're going to get into uh, this weekend's matches as well, with uh, Milan taking on Napoli and uh, Juve Atalanta and also Torino Inter. So, a lot of stuff to touch up on. Uh, even Balotelli, the whole situation, what happened with him and uh, Grosso. Um, so, we'll start off with the national team. Daniel, what do you think about the performances? Oh, I don't know where to start from. Uh Great performances from the Italian national teams, all level of competition, the under-20s, the under-19s, the under-21s, and the senior teams as well. Uh, really good performances, even though they were meaningless games for the Azzurri. Uh, it was still nice to see guys making their debut, like uh, Gaetano Castorovelli, uh, uh, Tonelli played phenomenal in those full, two games against uh, Armenia and Bosnia, and Dudorenzo was good. Uh, Donnarumma was solid. The team was just a solid team. Uh, this is a good stepping stone even for the future of, say, the under-21s. The under-19s and the under-20s were really good and fun to watch. Um, it's a good stepping stone for uh, Italian soccer. It, we need this. Uh, this Euro is going to be a big Euro. Uh, I know the pots are not where we expected. Uh, France in the second pot, even Portugal in the third pot. Uh, I don't get it. I think UEFA is trying to fix it, so... I don't get why uh, Portugal is in the third pot, but enough of those two nations that I couldn't care less about. Um, it's Italy soccer. It's fun to watch. I know there were two meaningless games again, but it's still nice to, to see a big 3-0 victory and a big uh, 9-1 uh, victory. Uh, it's the first time in a while I can say all Italian national teams that played during the international break won. So uh, it was good for Italy and uh, good for the fans to watch as well. Yeah, I think that obviously the wins were amazing as fans because we've been going through some tough times the last couple of years. Um, especially that second game, to see all these young players uh, come in and have a chance to play like uh, uh, Zaniolo, even Medet came on for the last 10 minutes, which I'm sure Danny wasn't too happy about that goal, but it wasn't really much he could do. It was a great strike. But um, yeah, I was very impressed with the team. And nobody's really mentioning, now it's that's first goal for the senior team. Nobody really realized it either. But yeah, wow. it's because he's played, I think, 17 games. But that was his first goal as well. Orsellini's first goal, Zaniolo's first goal. Um, a lot of people got to debut and make their mark for the national team and uh, prove why they should be on the team. Uh, Zaniolo really impressed me. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of, Z- of uh, Zaniolo, so I was happy to see him score. He got uh, two goals and one assist. Uh, Chiesa had a nice header goal. I believe he had, what, two assists, Chiesa, something like that. Yeah, he had, like, one or two assists. Even Zaniolo uh, had a phenomenal game. Barella was good. Yeah, Barella was also Bonucci very good. Bonucci looked like the Bonucci I remembered. Uh, beautiful ball to Barella and that, I think it was the third goal for Italy. Um, yeah, third yeah, or fourth third goal. goal. Uh, beautiful ball. So hopefully uh, these guys can continue their fine form throughout the season and heading into the Euros. Because we need all the help we can for the Euros because this is probably the biggest Euros I can recall in the last few uh, years or so. Uh, we have we don't have a lot of pressure on us to win it this year, but it'll be nice for us to go far into the Euros. Yeah, and we also have a very young unit. So you can see uh, 
that entire team uh, building together for years to come uh, going into the World Cup. And this Euros is very good for experience to play against some top uh, uh, national team sides. So I'm very excited for the future. Um, Immobile impressed me as much as I dislike him because obviously he's a Laziale. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Immobile finally scored for the national team. Uh, got uh, two goals, I believe, right? Yeah, two yeah. goals. And I think he got an assist too. Yeah, he got an assist as well. Might have gotten two. I think I won though. Yeah, but, I think it's... Yeah, Immobile played well. Everyone played well. Nobody really had a bad game. Uh, Di Lorenzo from Napoli, he really impressed me. He had a good game. I think uh, going into the Euros, he can be considered a, a first option, if not at least a second option or a rotation player. Uh, he's definitely going to be called up if he continues uh, his form of Napoli. Um, I think Spinazzola will most likely get to start due to uh, his experience, but I think Di Lorenzo is in that conversation. But um, yeah, I'm excited for the future of the national team. Uh, we played well for two games straight. And I also want to talk about the under-21s because obviously they've been struggling quite a bit. But uh, that game against Armenia, 6-0 win. It was a Moise Keane show. He played very well. Um, everyone played well that game. And I just see the national team uh, from the young uh, youngsters to the more experienced players all um, playing motivated and like they want to win. Because obviously in their uh, recent history, maybe the last couple, of, maybe five years, uh, they haven't been the best. So it's good to see them uh, looking mm-hmm. upright and... Uh, we hope we can continue this form going into the Euros. Yeah, it's good to see guys like uh, Ricardo Orsolini coming in and making an immediate impact, even though the game's pretty much over and stuff. Uh, I was always a big fan of Ricardo Orsolini, even as like a Napoli fan, and he played for Juve. But once he left Juve, I feel like his career just it's starting to go uphill. And now with Bologna, and especially with the under-21s and stuff, he was phenomenal, in my opinion. He was probably one of their best players. So it's always good to see like a guy like Orsolini, like a small, like a good story like that, making the Italian national team and scoring on his debut. Uh, so hopefully, again, like the oh my god, I lost my train of thought. The uh, momentum from the Azzurri, uh these last few games carries over into the Euros. I know we have a couple of friendlies coming up, but that's to try out players, see who I feel like who could probably make that team. But the core that we called up for the last uh, qualifying, I feel like that could be the core with additions to maybe Moise Keane, maybe uh, even have uh, Kellini back there, or maybe a surprise return. Don't count out the return of uh, Gigi Buffon uh, between the sticks as a backup, say, for the Azzurri. And also, I think I saw Roberto Mancini request two friendlies against France and Germany. Yeah, just so they can, so Italy can prepare for them say in the euros or yeah. can face like the competition that they might be facing in the euros which is a smart idea for uh if for me it's a smart idea under for mancini because again you want your team to be well prepared as they can because this is a big tournament and these tournaments happen once uh, so often so you want to be as prepared as you can and usually Italy knock on wood does well in the euros so, but this year I want to see if this team can go to at least the semis or even maybe the finals and potentially win it. Yeah, and uh, let us guys um, let us know who you guys want at striker between Immobile and Belotti. For me, I actually prefer Belotti because I feel like he's better for the national team. I just think Immobile he's more of just a club player. I don't know, he doesn't perform for the national team when it really counts. Uh, Belotti I can trust more. He's probably more motivated because obviously at Torino it's uh, tough for him to really get any chances on goal because of who he's playing with. But um, yeah, use the hashtag uh, SixSide on Twitter and let us know who you guys would uh, prefer up top, uh, Belotti or uh, Immobile. Then uh, who do you prefer, Immobile or Belotti? Uh, for me, I was always a, I was never a big Immobile fan to begin with. 
But I feel like Belotti could bring that pressure, uh, say, to start. And if Italy needs to change things up, maybe bring in like an Immobile. Because Immobile is the type of guy, he could be quiet for 75 minutes. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's one nothing Italy, Immobile scores. I feel like he could be a good game changer off the bench. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Belotti is a starting striker. Maybe Mancini, but I wouldn't change the formation, put 4-2-2. I would keep it 4-3-3 because I feel like the wingers and the winger depth we have is good enough. And I would just keep it 4-3-3 and maybe Belotti up top. Yeah, and uh, now moving on from the national team, we're going to talk about uh, Balotelli and what happened. So he had a scuffle with uh, the Brescia coach, uh, Fabio Grosso. Um, I think it was something uh, along the lines of him not uh, training right or just being lazy in training. So he was sent to the locker room by Grosso, which obviously is a good statement for uh, a manager to tell all the players uh, nobody's above nobody on this team. Yeah. So that's great to see. And uh, yeah, Balotelli, um, he just... He's a story of what could have been because obviously his career, he was good at Manchester City. He was good at, well, he's decent at Nice. He had a pretty good stint there. Wasn't the best, but wasn't bad. Uh, Milan, Inter, uh, for the national team, he had a couple good uh, stints. But uh, overall, Balotelli, um, he's similar to Cassano as his actions have overshadowed his talent. So yeah. um, Balotelli's career is going to be the story of what could have been, which is sad to see, but uh, it's just the reality of the situation. And uh, it's just really sad to see. Yeah, in my opinion uh, on the situation, I'm totally for uh, Fabio Grosso sending uh, Balotelli to the locker room. Uh, when you're training, you have to give it 100%. I understand that you, okay, maybe in training you tone it down a little bit so you don't get injured. But you still have to prepare for the match. Uh, anytime you see someone walking in training or not giving a, a shit about uh, the training and stuff, that's the coach's decision to send uh the players uh, to the locker room and to say, you know what, we don't need you here. We can do it uh, without you. Uh, as a coach, uh, I've witnessed players who uh, don't do a lot in training and then it reflects that during the game. And then I would tell them the next practice, you played like you played, you played pretty bad during the game. Just try to train harder and fix the mistakes that you were making during the game. And it seems like Balotelli, it's every time he goes to a new team, it seems like this is always a situation where from he he's lazy during the game, he's lazy during training, and he's a temper. And for me, when people say, oh, but we need Balotelli in the national team, no, you don't. Because with this bullshit going on, even just a small thing, like not even participating in training, you don't need that for the national team. You need the best players you can. And I feel like if Balotelli's head was screwed on, right, it would, he would be a world-class player and maybe a player Italy could call up. But now, after this, I won't see him getting called up for the Italian national team ever again. And Fabio Grosso is in the right 100%. And he's teaching these players, especially these young players like Tonali, Spalak, uh, Cristania, uh, Cristana. Like, just to, you got to respect everyone and you got to give it all in training as well. So good for Fabio Grosso on that part. And uh, now that you brought up brought up uh, Tonali, I forgot to mention before when I was uh, speaking about the younger players doing well for the national team, but Tonali also played very well, so I had to mention him. I almost forgot, so thank you for reminding me. But uh, now let's move on here to Atalanta-Juventus, which will be played uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time for us um, this Saturday. So that's the first game of match day 13. I'm excited to see how that match plays out. Obviously, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the news came out today that 99% he will not be playing due to his knee injury that I think was uh, further aggravated uh, on the national uh, trip 
with uh, Portugal, so uh, Ronaldo won't be in. And Atalanta, they're home. I think they can capitalize. They're always strong at Bergamo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're hard to beat anywhere, but especially at Bergamo. So uh, I can see Atalanta coming with a win. But my prediction, I'm probably going to see a 2-2 draw or something like that. But um, Juve, if they can pull it off, it's very impressive because uh, winning in Bergamo against a side like Atalanta who's highly motivated after not really performing well in the Champions League. I can really see uh, Juve struggling, but uh, if they can pull it off, it'll be great. So I'll say maybe a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with maybe a 2-1 Juve victory because it's always Juve. I would see the game being tied, and in the 80th minute, Juve end up scoring that goal. That's just a Juve for you. They always, <laughs> they always find a way to win. Sorry, guys, we had def- uh, technical difficulties. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, but like I was saying, it's... Again, like the game could be tied. Uvic will always find a way to win through the luckiest ways, the cheapest ways, the good ways, the bad ways. Any way you, they can find a way to score, they find a way. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a 2-1 Juve win. Uh, Atalanta, they're going to play them tough, but Juve, again, they're going to find a way to win. And I feel like that maybe Juventus could be playing a little bit better with Foul Ronaldo. I feel like they're going to play more as a team. And they won't have to rely on Ronaldo scoring all these chances. I feel like Dybala, he's been playing phenomenal ever since uh, Ronaldo's been coming off. He's been coming on. It seems like Dybala has uh, found his form again for Juve. So maybe he'll find his form again against uh, Atalanta. So I'm going to say a 2-1 Juve win. Yeah, and uh, let's move on now to Milan-Napoli. Uh, that's a huge game. I think both sides are going to be coming in very motivated. They've both been uh, struggling recently. Uh, I'm sure uh, Danny... Uh, is uh, upset with that but uh yeah milan they've been struggling on a whole different level they just can't string together two passes uh they've been a mess they're home now they've had two weeks to uh regroup with the players that stayed and didn't go on uh, national duty which is most of the team so um milan they need to win this game there's no they can't tie they have to win this game because they're actually closer to relegation than they are to uh the scudetto or top four or whatever so uh, Milan, they have to win this game, and I don't think they're going to win this game. I'm going to say that Napoli pulls it off 3-1 at the San Siro. I just think Napoli, they have too much quality for Milan. And uh, people need to remember that Napoli's going to come in here uh, also uh, very uh, motivated to win because obviously, like I mentioned, they've been struggling. So I can see Napoli coming in for a 3-1 win, and it's a must-win for both teams. So either way, it's going to be a mess for the losing side. Uh, I hope Napoli proved me wrong this week. And they end up destroying Milan. But I feel like Napoli and Milan, it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be a... I feel like it's going to be like an ugly game that I don't know how any fans going to be able to watch it. Uh, so I'm going to probably say... I'm going to give Napoli a 2-1 win. Um, I feel... I just... That again, I'm being biased towards Napoli because I'm a fan. But I just feel like Napoli are the better team. With even struggling, I feel like they're just a better team in general. Um... They got better players. I feel like we have a better coach. It's just all how we're going to play at the San Siro now. So hopefully Napoli come out and just put this uh, bullshit behind us and we find our winning form and our momentum again. Um, and if I if Milan end up beating us, I don't see Ancelotti uh, lasting anytime longer because um, we do have Milan and then we do have a big game against Liverpool at Anfield. So hopefully Napoli can win this game against Milan and then maybe go into uh, Anfield and potentially tie uh, Liverpool to help our chances qualify for the knockout stages. So I'm going to say 2-1 Napoli. I'm going to give the goals to Insigne 
and I'm gonna give it to uh, Dries Mertens for the goals. Yeah, that's a massive game uh, for both teams. But uh, now let's move on here quickly uh, to uh, Torino Inter. So that's an interesting game. Um, Inter, they've been similar to Juventus, just coming away with the win, uh, no matter how much they struggle throughout the game, either a penalty or some scrappy win. Uh, that's uh, classic Antonio Conte. When you have a coach of a winning mentality like that, that he instills in all the players, uh, you can expect that from a team that he manages. But uh, I can see Inter winning, I'd say maybe 2-0. Torino at the beginning of the season, I think they started off 3-0, and then they've just been downhill since then. So uh, Torino, they're going to have to find their form. I believe they beat Brescia 4-0 last match, so that was a good result for them. But I think uh, they're going to have to continue it, but against a team like Inter is always tough. But I can see Inter coming away with the win here 2-1. Uh, I'm going to go with Torino winning 2-0. Uh, I just feel like Torino, they have something to prove uh, this week, especially it's because especially in their stadium, their own stadium in Turin. Uh, I just feel like Inter, they always have these games that they are expected to win and then they end up losing, and then that's the downfall of their season. I feel like they might lose this week. I don't know. I like. I just have something going that they might lose this week, but it won't be the downfall. They'll probably lose this week, and hope that uh, Juve drop points against Atalanta. So I feel like uh, Inter are gonna lose. Uh, no, I'm gonna give them a two-one loss. And uh, Torino is gonna win two-one. Bellotti with both goals. Yeah, um, so we both have uh, different predictions there, but that'll be at the end of the podcast. Um, it's a little bit uh, on the shorter side this week because it's not really much to talk about the two weeks off that we've had. But uh, next week, we're going to have lots to talk about with the match day 13, the Champions League, and Europa League. So there'll be a lot of talk about, probably be one hour next week. So <laughs> a lot of stuff to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I uh, will see you guys next week, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Uh, again, continue to support the channel. The channel, yeah, channel, uh, Twitter accounts, and Instagram accounts. Um, we've been trying to post more lately, and hopefully, like, we get better. And, yeah, so just thank you guys for the support. And just let us know what we're doing wrong, and then let us know what you like about the uh, channel. And uh, thank you again for all the support you guys have been giving us. Yeah, thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Sai dov'è, dimmi dove, quando